Oculus Quest and its lower price sequel have been hot items during the pandemic lockdown, but what are some of the best experiences on the hit VR headset? I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. Here to offer us his curated picks is Scott Stein, our resident VR expert. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks. So let's start with the basics. Uh, tell me a bit about the quests, the Oculus Quest and Quest 2 and why they stand out to you. I think when you look at the Quest and the Quest 2, what Facebook has done with them, they now stand alone as a type of product that doesn't really exist anywhere else, which is that they're totally standalone. And as a result, they're completely wireless. And that makes a really big deal when you use VR. I mean, VR is a, is a weird proposition. It's, it's kind of clunky. Uh, you're putting something on your head. You got to set it up. It's intimidating. And I think removing as many weirdnesses as possible helps. The seamlessness of that moving around with just the headset on makes me go back to things like PlayStation VR or PC VR and really get annoyed at the cables and the tangle. And I think that stuff is really like a huge part of the project feeling that turns people off to VR. And as we go forward, the Quest is only going to be the model for where more things trim down and become more flexible. I'm sure whatever Apple's doing or if Samsung gets back in the game or whatever else. So I think it's kind of like the reboot of the concept. And, you know, VR has been kind of a niche thing. I think it, it definitely broke out a bit more during the pandemic when we were all locked down. But uh, in terms of recommendations, who do you think should be buying a VR headset or specifically an Oculus Quest or Quest 2? Well, it's funny. I keep talking about this with people and, um, and, and I, I kind of almost approach it the way I think about smartwatches, which is like, you don't really need one. And um, so I feel like, you know, weird saying you got to have it, but, um, and you don't. But I do think if you're looking for something new, I think if you're looking for something that's going to maybe uh, give you a sense of novelty to show you some amazing things to potentially connect with people and play games in, in a different way, I think it's great for that. I think the price right now, Facebook has aligned it at a cost that is not uh, impulse purchase, but $300 to $400 is in that console zone. And I think that that's something that you could get yourself as a treat. And it's pretty cool for that. If you can deal with the Facebook login requirement um, and be okay with that, I think there are a ton of games which aren't too expensive and there are a lot of apps and there's a lot of stuff to explore. But I do think it's you have to realize that it's not going to serve you for everything. Um, but I think its experiences are really unique, especially I look at the PlayStation 5 and the, and the newest Xbox Series X and the experiences are not new and different. They're nicer. But the, what the Quest does is, is significantly different. Well, let's talk about some of those experiences because you've got a story out today rounding up some of the best games and experiences for the Quest and Quest 2. Uh, run through some of those. What would you recommend? If someone's got a, a new VR headset, what are some of the games and experiences they should be downloading? Sure. Well, you know, one thing that's funny is that as soon as I knew, there are a lot of, uh, you know, rehashed VR games, like ones that have been around for years in VR, but they still have a long shelf life. And I think that's something to consider when you think about what things to get. Um, there are classics. Um, you know, one classic, for instance, is Beat Saber. Beat Saber, you, you've heard about forever, but I think it's like the game, obviously, to get. And I, I, it almost goes without saying don't need to spend much time talking about, but it's a lightsaber music rhythm game. I think it's what VR does best right now on Quest is things that get you active, things that you can interact with with really seamless reaction time. There's a lot of things like that. There are some boxing games. There's Dance Central. 
Um, and especially as we're locked down uh, for a lot of us not getting out, it's, it's, it's pretty active. Uh, it stood in for as exercise for me. So I'd say Beat Saber is the best, but you can also pick up other exercise games. So that's a great start. From there, you can get into uh, things that I think allow you to be a little bit social. Um, there's a free game called Echo VR that is basically like Ultimate Frisbee in zero gravity. Um, and it's great. Uh, you play it with other people. Um, it's, it's technically kind of a beta, but it works really smoothly. And so if you have friends you want to jump in with or just want to try it yourself, um, it's disorienting and fun. And I feel like in that same vein, there are other multiplayer things. It, the problem is you, you want to have somebody else to do this with, and I think it gets a lot better if you know someone else who has a quest. There's a game called Cookout that's like a collaborative cooking game. When I do that with my nephew, um, it actually feels like we're hanging out in the same room. I mean, we're cartoons, but it's a very different feeling than just like popping in and playing Animal Crossing or like, you know, playing a game on, uh, on a console. And similarly, Population One is kind of a Fortnite for VR. Um, it's not perfect, but it, it, it is really fun. Um, and I think it, it, you know, it, again, these are things I like games that have a lot of replayability because a lot of games in VR are very short, you know, others are like a couple hours in length. Um, so I think like those are the things, and there are a couple of ones you can dabble in like rec room. I would say the more you get social, you want to be aware of your settings, chat settings, etc. And I want to put a really big caveat. I realized this recently with kids. It really is not good at handling kids and 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 safety with chat. There, technically, Facebook does not recommend VR for anyone under thirteen. So if you hop on there, you're going to be piggybacking off of your own account. And when I went into Oculus venues recently, I heard a little kid talking and somebody else like yelling back. And I was thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? But there aren't the types of privacy chat settings that you would expect like on consoles. That's coming. Facebook has promised that. But I just want to warn you with that if, if you have uh, kids and are thinking about diving into some of those social things. No, that's that's a great point that this is, um, sounds skeevy, like more adults or more for a mature audience. Um, and and yeah, I you know I've got kids. They're still really young, but I it, it's going to be a long time before I feel comfortable having them strap on a VR headset. Anyway, um, I'm curious if uh, if these experiences games are are exclusive to the Quest. If there's anything exclusive to the Quest, or if there are other systems that you should consider, or is this really the one to get? Increasingly, a lot of because of the Oculus Quest success. Uh, companies are now flocking to it as a kind of a kind of like what happened with the switch where you see indie indie developers or Facebook is in, investing in them to do things you're seeing games hit the quest a little earlier or have exclusives and I think that's going to continue uh, because it's leading the pack um, there, you know, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge is a really good example of that ILM X Lab I mean this is a collaboration with Oculus basically where it's a game where it kind of feels like um, it's not exactly like the theme park at Disney, but it's a spinoff of it. There's a lot of like shooter action. There's um, this cantina and it's not a tremendously long experience, but it's beautiful and it's really cool and, and feels like you kind of dipped your toes into Star Wars. Very much like Vader Immortal, which was another Star Wars VR game that then moved on to uh, PlayStation VR. I think that's really fun. I think of those more like tickets to an experience in that you'll play them for a while, but they're not going to last forever. And then um, 
I really like games like, um, I didn't even mention ping pong, but like I've said this forever, 11 Table Tennis is like maybe the best ping pong simulator I've ever seen. And if you think about VR as a simulator, you can get really realistic with like the idea of the ball moving, like golf games, like um, uh, there, there's a great golf game that um, Pro Putt that uh, basically feels like you're on a little mini golf course. In Death Unchained feels like uh, it's kind of an archery roguelike survival game that I keep coming back to. And there are also a number of puzzly escape roomy type things. Uh, the Room has this great experience in VR that's a number of different rooms where we solve puzzles. And just being there and, uh, and operating things and moving them, it provides a different level. And if you like escape rooms, you could dive into that. And there are things that feel like theater, like um, The Under Presents, which came out last year, or was it the year before at this point? Um, I'm losing track of time. The Under Presents is this like abstract landscape where there are occasionally live actors that appear who don't speak all the time, uh, but you can find them, you can discover them in this cabaret. They started doing live theater performances there last year for these ticketed shows. And it feels like this, if you think about VR as a magical landscape, there are a lot of apps that make you feel like you've entered something new. Got it. So just a kind of wrap things up because we're running low on time you you also finished up sundance uh last week sundance was last week uh it was obviously a virtual show even in years past it was very it was a very vr heavy event so were there any other were there any memorable experiences from sundance that uh struck your fancy one of the most interesting ones and the vr experiences for the most part were tethered to a pc and i think that's because again this is another thing oculus walls off its apps um, and, and has a curated store. And they're working on opening that up a little more. But to get back to Sundance, there was one experience I tried called Tinker that was on a quest uh, that was a, a theater piece. And it was where one audience member interacts with somebody else. And it looks kind of like Pixar. You know, a lot of VR is cartoonish for, for graphics purposes. And also because we haven't gotten to the point where we can scan ourselves realistically and communicate. But this room you're in is like this grandfather's home and this other person plays the grandkid and they're looking at objects over time and it's sort of this story about memory and memory loss and i got to be an audience member where i uh, hung out in the space invisibly and it made me feel like i was in an immersive theater piece like sleep no more where i could explore things in the room hang in a corner and it had a really interesting impact on me um it's not for everyone, but I think that we're still seeing theater pieces that are trying to find out how to stage things virtually. And I think you gain a lot of stuff by putting things in a 3D space besides just putting things on a Zoom, but not everyone has the headsets. We're going to get to the point in the next handful of years where I think more and more headsets will be out there that will fold into the devices we have. And then, like a headphone analogy, you put those on and you can gain an extra dimension of realism. So I think you're starting to see stuff that's dipping into that. So that really lingered with me the most. Got it. Well, Scott, thank you for your time. You can read all of Scott's VR stories on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>